really warm welcome to everyone who's joined us here this evening. Welcome to Forest Fold, and if you're uh, in the overflow or you're watching online, welcome to join us here this evening. Well, it was so good this morning, wasn't it, to be led through Psalm 32 and uh, thinking about God's wonderful forgiveness. I'm sure many of us found that really helpful. And uh, I thought it would be good to keep that theme in our mind as we begin our worship this evening. I want to read a few verses from Psalm 103. They're read very often, but for very good reason. Listen to these words. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide. He will not always keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Let's pray. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we bow before you this evening and we are so glad, we are so relieved that you are a God who does not treat us how we deserve. You are slow to anger, gracious and full of mercy. And Lord, that is just what each one of us need. Lord, whether we are far from you in our sin, whether we are full of pride with our self-righteousness, Lord, we need you to be patient and forgiving and merciful towards us. Lord, we thank you because it is not what we deserve. We all deserve your judgment. And it is of your amazing grace that we can be forgiven through the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, so as we join to worship this evening, we carry on to praise you for that, to think of that, to thank you for that. And Lord, help us this evening to worship you from our hearts, we pray. Amen. Well, let's stand up to sing our first hymn together. Love divine, all love's excelling, joy of heaven, to earth come down. And after this, Luke will lead us in our reading.
please uh, turn in your Bibles with me uh, to tonight's readings. Um, the first is in Paul's first epistle to the Thessalonians, starting at verse 6 of chapter 3 to verse 12 in chapter 4. Now, not all of Paul's epistles were full of encouragements. He did a lot of reprimanding, but this particular church at Thessalonica were a real encouragement to Paul, as we'll see. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly night and day that we might see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honour, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness, Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Now, concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more, and to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. Our second reading is in the Paul's second epistle to the Thessalonians, and chapter 1, and we're going to read the first five verses. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering. So reads God's word. Let's pray together. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, help us as we join together now in prayer. Lord, we come to worship you and to give you praise. Lord, we want Jesus to have the highest position. We want to crown him with many crowns because he is king over all. All of history is his story and all about him. And so often we try to make our lives about us, but everything in the past from the beginning to today, to the future, to the wrapping up of this whole world, is all about Jesus. 
is all about his kingdom, his praise, his glory, and no one will rob him of that. Lord God, we are greatly privileged to to know you by faith, to be adopted in your family, to be forgiven by your love, to have the Son of God lay down his life for us, that we might become his children, and to make us right with the living God, that we might be at peace with him. And so, Lord, we are so privileged. It is all of your grace. And again, it is all of you. And we humbly thank you. We humbly uh, put ourselves to the lowest point because we realise that's where we belong. And yet Jesus has raised us to places in heaven. Lord, forgive us that we forget how blessed and how rich we are as your people through your grace and mercy toward us. Lord, we pray that you will rekindle the fire within our hearts, that it will be a glowing, powerful flame of love and commitment to you. Uh, With all that you've done for us, Lord, help us in some way to return that love and devotion to you in our lives. Oh Lord, help us. We are in a battle. We're struggling daily with the world, struggling daily with our own sinful desires. And Lord, as well as your saving grace, we need your keeping grace. From the first day we put our trust in you to the day we take our final breath, we need the grace and power of God to sustain us, to keep us, to help us to endure with all patience, with joy and thanksgiving. Lord, help us to do that. Empower us and strengthen us. Lord, we we thank you so much for many answered prayers for last week. And we thank you for the young people. Thank you for the good time they had together. We thank you, most of all, for the great news of the cross that they heard. Lord, we pray that your love will be something which uh, changes their hearts. And for those, Lord, who do not know you, pray that they will have the great joy and privilege of finding faith and forgiveness and peace with God. Lord, we pray for... Our young Christians, Lord, we ask that you'll make them people of God. That you'll make them people who say no to sin and yes to God's ways. That our short lives for all of us will be seen in the perspective of eternity. Our one short life to be lived. Lord, we we want to offer that on the altar back to you as an offering. It is the least we could give you. And so, Lord, help us to be fully committed, fully devoted to you in living our Christian lives. Lord, what a great encouragement it is to meet together. And we thank you for this privilege of meeting here tonight. And we ask that we will encourage each other in the life of faith. Lord, that you'd make us strong. That you'd help us to encourage each other in the way. Help us to pray for for each other. Pray prayers that will transform our lives and our hearts. Lord, we thank you for the great blessing of Christian love. Oh Lord, how we pray for um, the world around us. Lord, we especially pray for Christians that uh, cover uh, across the face of this world, Lord, in many different situations. Many facing catastrophe and natural disaster. Many facing discrimination and hatred for their love of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you'd make them strong. That you make them bold to be a great example and a living testimony of what faith in Jesus looks like. Lord, I pray that you'd really strengthen them, that you'd really bless them and empower them. And Lord, as the gospel is preached in those areas, we pray that your light will truly shine into the darkness, that there will be great uh, fruit from the preaching of the gospel. Lord, we we, we pray for this country where we've been so privileged in the past to hear the gospel for men who gave their lives and persecution was a real thing in this country. Thank you for those who gave us the Bible in our own language, for those who stood up for what was true from the Bible and not what suited people, for those who gave their lives for that. 
Lord, help us to stick to your word. Help us to be convinced of its truth and to follow it wholeheartedly and unashamedly. Lord, we, we pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in our churches, in our lives. Lord, we pray for showers of blessing. Raindrops are falling around us, or, or more at the moment, but it's the showers we pray for spiritually. We pray that you would not hold back in pouring out your Spirit in our hearts first and in the world around us, in the churches around us. Lord, so many smaller churches are discouraged. They have so much capacity for people to be there to worship, but nobody hardly is there. We pray that those people won't lose confidence in the Gospel, but that they will see the value of their church prayer meeting, and us here too, Lord, that we will have faith in a God who works miracles and changes people's hearts. Oh Lord, will you come again in great power. Oh God, we commit ourselves to you this evening and we thank you for John's preaching, the way you enable him to open up your word to us and for us. And Lord, we greatly benefit from that. Help us as a responsibility lies with us, that we're not just hearers, but that we are doers of your word. Help him this evening as he preaches from this passage, we pray. And Lord, accept our thanks for the many blessings you fill our lives with. Lord, whatever suffering, whatever trial that you have given us to live through at this point, we still have 10,000 reasons to bless the Lord. So many reasons to thank you because you are good all of the time. Lord, would you minister your word to us this evening, whatever our needs, open our hearts to your truth, that we might be changed, that our lives might honour you. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Before John preaches from that passage for us, let's stand and sing again. Let's love be found among us the gift of God it is, the hallmark of his children, the sign that we are his.
well, perhaps an unusual title this evening. Uh, Maybe an unusual theme. Christians doing well. Great to be converted. Wonderful blessing to be converted. Some of us were here praying on Thursday. We were thinking about uh, Thessalonians and the way in which God's power was at work and the way in which he changed the lives of these people the way in which the word had come, not in word only, but in power, in the Holy Spirit and in much conviction, the way in which they turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven. They've become people who'd repented and believed. It is a wonderful thing to be converted. Great to be converted. But it's also great to be doing well in the Christian life. All Christians struggle, all of us Christians here struggle. Some of us especially struggle it seems. Some of us seem to barely get off the runway and we seem to be hovering just above the treetops for so much of our lives. We seem to be like a kangarooing car which is never running properly, it's just stalling and stopping and spluttering. Christians doing well. You've come off of the YP holiday perhaps. You feel a bit of a new direction in life and going forward. Well, I hope this evening will encourage you in that. Others of us here this evening as well. I want us to be encouraged in doing well. I want us to see that way forward, to crave it, to pursue it, to be advanced in it. We find in the New Testament churches that there are many problems. You see that, don't you, as you go through the letters. I suppose in some ways it's a strange comfort to us in our struggles and difficulties. But there are also uh, some of the letters and places in the New Testament where things do seem to be going well. And it is nice to hear good news. It is good to hear success stories. Team GB may not have done too well on the lakes the last week or so, but we've been pleased to hear of the metal rush in the pool and in the gym. Some of the churches in the New Testament were doing well. The church of Philippi seemed to be doing well and the church at Thessalonica seemed to be doing well. We're going to look at that theme this evening. I hope it will encourage us. But it's also interesting and I think we'll weave this in. I don't feel I'm sort of solving everything this evening. I might just sort of make some things, make you think a bit more. But it's interesting that Paul let them know they were doing well. You know, there is a place for encouraging people by what God has done in them and what God is doing in them. Well, I was struck by this letter. I've been got to it this week in my personal Bible reading and as I read it, I wanted to speak to it. Um, there were things that needed put right, putting right at Thessalonica, the church there, the Christians there. Um, they needed to be put right on uh, their attitude to the second coming in the first letter. Uh, there was a danger of idleness that comes in in the second letter. But um, largely the scene is very encouraging. And that's what I want to look at this evening, to look at a church doing well, to look at Christians doing well. And we're going to uh, attract this theme this evening in two ways really, by picking out two phrases that are in, in these letters. And the first phrase is this. We give thanks. We give thanks. Now Paul normally gave thanks at the start of his letters. Um, it was partly custom in those days. But it is also good practice to to give thanks for others when we start to think of them. Because we're a bit too prone to dart into the criticism and the things that are irritating about them and their shortcomings. So it is good to stop and pause and give thanks. It also gives God the credit for them. You may have looked at my title this evening, Christians Doing Well, and you thought, well, this all looks a little bit as though it's uh, back, patting, uh, chest, puffing stuff. But even this first phrase will realise this is giving God the glory. We give thanks, the Apostle Paul says. So he normally gives thanks, but the the thanksgiving he has uh, for the Thessalonians in these letters seems particularly warm and heartfelt. 
Here is the first one. We get it in the first letter. So we're in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. He says, We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labour of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. His thanksgiving for them was regular. We give thanks to God for you always. It was comprehensive. We give thanks to God always for all of you. What was he thankful for? He was thankful for that great, uh, if I can call it, triangle of important basic Christian graces. He was thankful for faith and for love and for hope that he saw in the lives of these Thessalonian believers. And you know where we see, you see, where I see true faith being worked out, true love being worked out, real steadfast hope in the heart, we should give thanks. It is a joy for us to see God producing that in people's lives and in changed lives. You know, it's especially encouraging here for the Thessalonians. It's especially encouraging that they were getting on so well because in many ways these people were up against it. They were up against it. You might not have expected them to be doing well. They hadn't had as much input from Paul as, say, those who were at Ephesus, where he taught for, um, was it three years, two or three years, at Corinth, where he taught for 18 months. They, they weren't people that had had long, long time teaching from the Apostle Paul. No, the Apostle Paul had come and he had to head off within a few weeks from Thessalonica because of the difficulties. And yet they're doing well. Their faith, their hope, their love, and he's so thankful for them. And not just the short-lived input he had for them, but from the very start they had had opposition, these poor young Christians, we read of it in verse 6, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction. Right from the outset they were having difficulties. You know it's amazing what God does in some young Christians. His work in them. Paul's thankful for that as he sees it here. And you may not have been a Christian for very long. And you may have had pretty, pretty big difficulties in the time that you have been a Christian. God is even able to make people in your position flourish. That's what he was doing at Thessalonica. In fact, they were getting on so well that word had got round. Verse 7 and 8 so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. They were so encouraging, their faith had reverberated, it it echoed round the region, it was coming back to Paul like a boomerang. He was hearing these stories of the Thessalonians and the way God had changed them and God was at work in them. Christians doing well, which he gives thanks for. This thanksgiving comes out in verse 9 of chapter 3. Paul had wondered how they were getting on and uh, he'd been concerned about them and he sent Timothy to get a report and Timothy had come back and he finds that they are standing fast still in the Lord. Christians converted but going on strong despite the difficulties and it stirs into thanksgiving in verse 9 because he says, for what thanks, verse 8 we read, for now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God? So he's giving thanks to them in the first letter. But this giving thanks warmly comes out even more in his second letter. (coughs) Even more in his second letter. Let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, 2 to 3. It's uh, the same verses in each letter really. 
chapter 1, verses 2 to 3, we had these read to us. <coughs> see, see what he says here. We ought always to give thanks to you, to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. Well, 2 Thessalonians is thought to have followed on as a letter a number of months, maybe a year or two at most, after the first one. So, for people coming off YP, we're talking about uh, looking at the scene uh, come November or or next April and what will it be like? Or, in our our family, this has been birthday season, so there's a few birthdays around uh, July, early August in our family. So, we're thinking now of next year, next set of birthdays, God willing, and what will it be like? the sort of distance we're talking about between 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. What, what's happening there? What's happening? How are things going on? What's happening to their faith and their love? They were initially encouraging, but what about now? Verse 3, you see, we ought always to give thanks to God for you brothers as is right because your faith is growing abundantly. It's growing abundantly. Their faith was increasing. The plane has not sort of grounded again. The, 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 the engine has not stalled. No, the graph is going upwards, hence my little picture, and it, it's going upward, if you like, exponentially. It's, 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 there's, there's real growth. Faith is growing abundantly. Their trust, their confidence in God, their grasp of spiritual things working out in their outlook and their life. Their faith is growing. Uh, the language can be seen like a tropical plant um, growth. I, I remember uh, going around, a, I was only in primary school, I think, I went around a school friend on the Hayakum estate and I, I remember going into his living room. I'd never seen tropical plants before, but um, his dad was into tropical plants and, and there was a whole area of, his, of the living room and the tropical plants would just seem to be growing out into the room. Growing fast, tropical plants sometimes do. And that's what their faith was doing. The months had passed, the initial honeymoon period, if you like, had gone. What was happening to their faith? Growing, growing. Oh, it would be good if that was said of you. A few months' time, years' time. It would be good if that was said of me. A few months' time, years' time. Faith is growing. And what about their love? He comes on to that in his thanksgiving and he says... Faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. The love of not just one or two of them, not just uh, the loving family, you know, Mr. Love, Mrs. Love, Miss Love and Master Love, they're known for their love in the family and they're still going, no, no. Not just the leaders, you know, you expect the leaders to be loving people, No, the love of every one of you is increasing. The graph was going upwards in love as well as faith. And this would be a great thing to be said of Forest Fold. And this would be a great thing to be said of the church that you go to. And he gives thanks for the way in which the Christians are doing well in their faith and love. Be encouraged by it. Seek it. Pray for it. So you have that little phrase. We give thanks. But I want to add to it another little phrase. And this is the little phrase that led me to the message this evening. I don't remember noticing it before, although sometimes I forget what I've noticed, but I don't remember noticing it before. And this is the phrase that I want to just pick out. It's just as you are doing just as you are doing. I know whether you've noticed that before in reading Thessalonians. I don't think you'll really find it elsewhere. There's the same sort of theme elsewhere, but not the phrase. Especially comes out in chapters 4 and 5 of of 1 Thessalonians. 
And it, it, it comes in different ways, and I want to pick those up. Here's the first. It comes in terms of their um, pure lifestyle. Their pure lifestyle. So, listen to verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. Just just as you are doing. So, behaviour is important. A way of life as Christians is important. You don't want to just talk the talk, as we say. You also need to walk the walk. And they were. They were. Their lives were pleasing to God. There, there, there was an outworking of faith which was acceptable and pleasing to their Heavenly Father, to their Saviour. And it was, a, what was it especially in relation to? It was especially in relation here to sexual purity. To sexual purity. You see that in verse 3 of chapter 4. For this is the will of God your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. They were not letting passion get the better of them. Verse 4, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honour, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. This is what God had called them to, this is what God has called us to, verse 4. 7, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. And this is just how it was. Just as you are doing, you're living pleasing to God, you're avoiding sexual immorality, and you wanted that to carry on, you wanted that purity to grow. You using your body in a pure way, you're using your eyes in a pure way. Excellent. Keep living like that. That is what God wants. That is pleasing to God. That is good so far and that is the way forward. Don't let up now that summer is here. Don't let up now you head off to university with the extra freedoms that gives and the lack of restraints around you. Don't let that possible improper relationship grow. Be careful how you are with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. You're living a pure lifestyle. Well done, excellent, keep going. Make that the way forward. Just as you are doing, he says to the Thessalonians. I read in Timothy this week, 1 Timothy 5. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. Chaps, chaps with any leadership responsibilities. That's how you are to be towards um, uh, ladies in the church. The younger ladies, treat them as sisters in all purity. Pure lifestyle, just as you are doing. But there's another one, and we come on to this now, and that is this area. Brotherly love. Brotherly love. We've, we've touched on it, but Paul comes back to it, and so we're going to come back to it. It's worth us coming back to. We have that also in chapter 4. Luke read to us chapter 4. We have it in verses 9 and 10. In a way, he writes what he doesn't need to write about. That's quite interesting. Can't get my, my mind quite right on that. He writes about what he doesn't need to write about, but he does write about it. It's his way of speaking to encourage them. And he encourages them in what they're already doing again. So let's read chapter 4, verse 9, 10. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. That's where it comes from. It's God's work, you see. You've been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. 
but we urge you brothers to do this more and more. So God has taught you this. And God has taught you this, yeah? You've known God's love yourself and you've started to love others, have you, haven't you? That's what Christians do, don't they? You've started to love ways you didn't think was possible before, new ways, because the Spirit is at work in you. It's a sign of your life. We know we've passed from death to life because we love the brothers, says in 1 John chapter 3. There was love between them as Christians in Thessalonica. But the love spilled over. It was a a love which was seen in the region. For indeed that is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. So the folks at Berea and Philippi knew that the Thessalonians were people of brotherly love. Well how did they know that? How did that show? We're not told, I don't think. Was there interest, genuine interest, Christian interest? Was it their prayerful support of those other churches? Was it their hospitality? Uh, Was it their practical kindness? Their, Their giving? Was it their forgiving spirit when they'd been wronged? Was it the encouragement they were passing on? Brotherly love. Just as you are doing, brotherly, sisterly love, that's what's occurring at Thessalonica. Let it carry on, let it actually grow. Let there be more and more, says the Apostle Paul. Christians doing well. Well, I think, I think there's, uh, there's been a lot of Christian love at Forest Fold. I think there's been a lot of Christian love at Forest Fold. I think it's uh, been a, a wonderful gift of God, a legacy through the generations, through some loving uh, long pastorates, through some families that have very demonstrated love in the life of the church. Well, don't slip back. Carry on as you are. In fact, keep growing in brotherly love, in Christian love. Keep interest in one another keep praying for one another keep hospitality probably more resume hospitality after what we've been through keep kindness keep accommodating others with their different views and different personalities basically keep being like Jesus you remember the new commandment A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you that you are also to love one another. By this shall all people know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Just as Christ has loved us, of course we've got to love one another. And you are? Keep doing it. Keep going. Grow in brotherly Christian love. And then there's a final uh, way in which this comes up. Just as you are doing in pure lifestyle, in brotherly love, and then lastly, in building up each other. Building up each other. I don't know if any of you grew up on Steve Green tapes and CDs. Perhaps some of the families did here. Do Do you remember the one about encourage one another and build each other up? Some of you heard that? changes it a bit. Encourage one another, don't tear each other down. Well, this is the verse it's taken from. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. It is so easy to do the opposite, to discourage one another, to tear each other down. But, Christians, brothers and sisters, instead need to be encouraged. They need to be built up. They need to be helped to add to their faith, to grow in confidence in the Lord. There needs to be a building up, not a tearing down. But there's another phrase which doesn't come out in the Steve Green chorus, and that's our tale to this verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. 
just as you are doing. You see, it occurs there again, just as you are doing. So, so they were encouraged, they were talking to each other, they were communicating, uh, they weren't going away from church thinking, oh, she had a go at me again. Oh, did you see what was in his letter to me? Oh dear, I feel so miserable, I feel discouraged, I want to give up everything. No, they were going home the opposite. They were encouraged in their communications together. They were built up. They were being advanced in their Christian lives. And this is an important aspect of Christian living. We're a community. We're, we're, we're not individuals. I hear we're, we're not just individual cornflakes. We're a, a bowl of cereal if you are around YPs this week. God has put us together as a community. There should be communication. There should be one anothering going on. There should be encouraging one another and build each other up. When we face sadnesses, as they were getting slightly the wrong end of the stick and facing sadnesses, then they need to be reminded of Christian truth and what we have in Christ so that, so that the Spirit lifts so that the spring returns in the step, so that the, 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 the head is lifted up and they can face living for God in difficulties because they're reminded of truth, not just in their personal Bible reading, though that's very important, but because of Fred's personal Bible reading which has been communicated to them and they're cheered by and encouraged in the way. Has God helped you to encourage somebody else? Has God helped you to build somebody else up? That person in your home group who you texted? The other YPs who are in your WhatsApp group? The sympathy card that you sent round with the Bible verse on it? God has helped you to encourage others, and not he, so many of you? Keep doing it. That's the right way, just as you are doing. Keep seeking to serve the Lord in that way. Do not be weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap if you do not lose heart. Well, this uh, approach of Paul, it makes, yeah, it makes us think... I, makes me think. makes me think about um, how we approach preached messages. Um, there's a place for challenging, convicting messages. You get some of those in the Bible. But if our, our culture is thinking that preaching is about blasting and haranguing and criticising, I'm not sure how well that fits in with the New Testament pattern. Much of the New Testament encourages us in what is good, not just pitching into what is bad. It encourages in a good direction, not just with, with mere force and conviction, but with truth and doctrine and exhortation and example. So this theme does make me think about culture of the messages I give, am I, in keeping with this? It makes me think as well about how we influence each other. And there are occasions, aren't there, where we need to be straighter, uh, where we need to be more challenging. But words like rebuke and admonish are in the Bible. There is an iron that sharpens iron. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. But even then, it is to be done in humility and gentleness and with meekness. But there is also a great power in encouraging what is good. That can often be helpful. The, the teachers are, are told, I think, I've not had teacher training, so this is second-hand. The teachers are told um, as well to, to catch them doing something good. Catch catch them doing something good and affirm it and encourage it. Now is that just the spirit of a sort of snowflake generation which uh, can't cope with any criticism? Possibly. But isn't there something which draws and encourages 
and it affirms. When I think back in my life to those who have influenced me, you know, I think I've probably grown more through the encouraging affirmations and directions than through the very strong, straight words. Maybe it's different from you. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. There are places for those. But there is a real place for affirming and encouraging. So I think the theme this evening does make us think about how we approach others and how we can be a blessing to others. But most of all, I've covered it especially because I want us to be doing well. I want us to be encouraged. I want God's work in us, young or old, to be going onwards. I feel as though I'm a curler with a brush, as in the sport, not the hairdos. You know, when the curling, the stone, granite comes along the ice, then you have these brushes and they brush the ice. And as I understand it, the brushing of the ice smooths the ice and it also slightly melts the ice so that the momentum of the stone goes further and goes further and further down the curling rink or track or whatever the right word is. God has been at work in you believers, some of you new Christians, and my hope in this little dose of Thessalonians this evening is really just to be brushing so that that what, what, what God has done in you, the impetus, the start of the work in you, might be something which continues and goes further so that in November, in April, next birthday, it may be the case of faith increasing, love is growing, just as you are doing in pure lifestyle, brotherly love and in building each other up. Well, thank God for one another and his work in us. Keep doing as you are doing and look to grow. Christians doing well, one and two Thessalonians. Well, in keeping with this, I want our last song to be O Church, Arise and Put Your Armour On. Hear the call of Christ our Captain. Let's sing our last song together.
Lord, we thank you for the amazing converting work that you have done in the lives of many. We thank you for the ongoing work we see in the lives of many. For them to be sustained and to be growing and to be helped by you as Christians despite their difficulties. We give thanks for your work in one another. Lord, we pray that the line of thought from these letters to encourage us to keep going may be um, a word that's fallen just right for some this evening. Help us to keep going on the way of purity. Help us to keep going on the way of brotherly love. Help us, Lord, to keep going on the way of encouraging one another. Lord, help us in our interactions. We know that there is a place sometimes for a courageous, humble, um, faithful word which corrects. Help us to do that when necessary. But Lord, we know there is also so much scope for blessing and encouragement and boosting in a good direction. And we pray that that will be a very free currency amongst us in our conversations and communications. Lord, we pray about where we might be in November or April or next year. And we do pray that by your grace, so many here will be growing having grown, still growing in their faith, in their love and in their hope. Make the study this evening useful for your glory, we pray through Jesus Christ. Amen.